I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to walk into PPG Paints Arena tonight with a great big smile on my face. I love high-quality, high-octane, entertaining hockey. That said, I've got some negative visualization I want you to exercise along with me today. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It will be Penguins versus the Avalanche again. Tonight, 7.08 p.m. faceoff. National Hockey League's best team is in town. It was the other way around on Saturday afternoon in Denver with the Avs coming away with a 3-2 victory despite the Penguins pumping 40 pucks at Darcy Kemper. Of course, the Avs had 38 on Tristan Jari. So 78 shots being registered, not attempts, but shots on goal is part of what makes any hockey game entertaining. But if these Penguins, if this group, this terrific group that they've currently got going is going to advance past the first round, advance past the second round, you know how that goes, they're going to need to play the game a little bit differently. And this is the week to begin doing that, or I should say to resume doing that. Because, and here comes that negative visualization, imagine if they don't. Think about who these opponents are. The Avs, yeah, they're out of conference and everything else here, but as Brian Dumoulin acknowledged after practice yesterday in Cranberry, you know, there's kind of a measuring stick component to this. I mean, they're a playoff-ready team. I mean, it's it's a fun matchup against them. You could feel the energy in the playoff-type feel when we just played them. And, I mean, same thing when we played Minnesota. So, I mean, I think these games, playing these in these playoff-type atmospheres right now will benefit us down the stretch. I mean, they're hard games, and uh, you got to work for every inch. But uh, they're fun ones to be in, and they're tight checking, and this is what we need to expect. He's right, and we've seen that with this team all season long whenever they have faced whether it's you know Minnesota off a seven game winning streak just last week whether it was Toronto when they'd won 10 in a row and the Penguins completely shut them down up there that was back in November whether it was uh, the Panthers the Lightning any of the better stronger teams no matter how much momentum they had coming into their meeting with the Penguins the Penguins would just get up for it, and shut the other guys down. And in turn, they've built up a lot of confidence from that. They've talked about that all season, where they can feed off this win or that win, and it resonates a little bit longer than just, you know, the next morning. But what if it goes the other way this week? What if it doesn't go well tonight in the measuring stick game? What if it doesn't go well again at Madison Square Garden on Thursday night? And while we're at it, because everything happens in threes, what if that gets finished off with a loss at home to the Capitals? 
This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. I know, I know, unnecessarily negative. Highly likely that they're going to lose three games in a row, no matter who they're playing. But, but, to me, it only underscores the importance of performing well in these three games. And what's that mean? Well, it's the obvious to some extent. You do want to outplay your opponents. You at least want to play to your own best level. You don't want to wonder whether or not you left it all out on the ice, as happened in the previous visit to the Garden. But what you can't afford is a series or a regular occurrence of defensive lapses, of allowing odd man breaks, especially Thursday night in New York, because the Rangers have just feasted on that specific shortcoming of the Penguins game. And you can't go through these three games without getting some, some secondary scoring. Because, let's face it, you know and I know the Penguins aren't about to make even internal moves to address that. Sure, adding Ricard Raquel. Feather in the cap to Ron Hextall. Stick taps all around. He looks like he'll be a fine fit. He looks like he'll contribute. Some offense. Great. He's on the second line. Who else? Who else is there? How much longer can you tolerate Evan Rodriguez doing next to nothing on the rink? How much longer can you tolerate Kasperi Kapan? And even now that he's doing more of what the coaches want him to do, not scoring goals, not creating offense for others on the rink. How much longer can you avoid the clear option that you have to bring up one or two players from Wilkes-Barre Scranton who might, just might, be able to surprise you if you give them a game or two? Remember Volteri Pustinen coming up and playing pretty well? Pew! First car out of the city. Right back over I-80. Why? The official explanation from Mike Sullivan was something, something. They needed more size for their next opponent. So Radim Zahorna was up and never saw Pustin again. Now Philip Hollander came up because three of the Penguins fell ill yesterday, non-COVID, according to the team. So Hollander's here. You think Hollander's playing tonight? No. No. I wouldn't bank on that unless... A couple of these guys remain sick going into this game. And if Hollander plays well, guess what? He's still out of here. That's, wow, I I hate to keep pounding on this theme. But there's got to be an understanding within the team structure, within the management, that these games while they serve their purpose, in particular in a week like this, they do not supersede 
ensuring that you're putting forth the best possible roster onto the ice for Game 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which, by the way, is going to be against the Rangers. So yeah, so consume all of that negativity that I just rolled your way and try to picture how potentially ugly this week could wind up. And then remember that every single time your favorite hockey team faces a situation like this, they do come out with their best. See, you knew I was going to come up with something positive, right? When we come back, just one question. Bob, who asks in reference to yesterday's episode of Daily Shot of Penguins, I liked your choice of words regarding Gino and his ability to play, as Mike Sullivan would say, the right way. He is indeed capable. However, this year it seems to me that we tend to get more of the bad Gino than the good. So what if anything can be done or said to get more good from Gino, or do we just learn to live with the ill-advised drop pass or the lazy back check? Bob, with all due respect, this one's on you, my man. Gino is producing a lot of points. Gino is driving the power play in a way we haven't seen from him in years. Gino is covering all 200 feet of ice in a way that we haven't seen since the last big playoff run. Gino is doing pretty much everything out there. Will he make the occasional giveaway? Yes, but he will do so wearing the figurative equivalent of a screaming siren on his helmet because we will take special note of it every single time it's him. Malkin with the giveaway, you can hear the play-by-play announcer say. And it just registers different because you're used to having a reaction to that. Malkin with the giveaway. Oh, you think, there goes Gino again. But when you look at his overall statistics, not just the standard ones, the advanced ones, you'll see that he's doing way more good in the defensive zone than almost all of this team's forwards. So I will humbly submit to you that what you're describing is more a case of the human condition than it is about hockey. I'm not pretending that Gino doesn't make giveaways, all right? I know better. When he makes them, they tend to be whoppers. Part of that's because he and Sidney Crosby, being legitimate generational talents, do have the license from Sullivan and this coaching staff to attempt passes that'll get someone else benched. But where it's incumbent on the coaching staff to oversee this process is to study, and I do mean study, with their own video, with their own analytics people, what's the plus and what's the minus of what we're allowing here. And I can promise you, based just on the rudimentary advanced analytics that are available to people like me and you, that he's doing way more good than bad. 
when it comes to this laser-focused area, meaning making passes that might get him in trouble. If you go, as you seem to be suggesting, and basically pull the plug on Gino and just say, listen, Gino, from now on, man, no more passes across the middle, uh, nothing but 100 percenters, meaning you're 100 percent sure it's going to get there, and nothing but rod hockey, you know, just skate right up and down the rink. You're taking away, by choice, a great, in-your-favor variable that the opponent does not have, with very few exceptions. And why would you do that when you know that this team, the way this roster is currently constructed, still needs the very best from its superstars? Especially since, you know, the secondary guys never score in order to win the Stanley Cup. That's the goal here. It's not to avoid narratives or who's complaining or who gets triggered by a giveaway. It's not to make you feel better. It's not to make you feel more comfortable, including if you're the head coach himself. It's not. The goal is to win a championship. And you need extraordinary players to make extraordinary plays within reason, within logic, and within the context of the time of the game, the time of the period, and that sort of thing. I appreciate the question. It's a good one. It's a fair one. I'm glad you asked it. I wasn't coming after you with my answer. Just sharing how I feel. We'll have another one of these tomorrow, and we'll talk about the Penguins beating the Avalanche on home ice, right? That's what we're doing tomorrow? 